Pod is a production of the Queen's Podcast Lab. This is QC Pod. I'm Jason Tuga. QC Pod features the people, projects, movements, and ideas that make up the Queen's College community. To learn more, visit us at queenspodcastlab.org slash qcpod. Today, we meet Ariel Francisco, poet and translator. Francisco has an MFA in poetry from Florida International University. His 2017 book, All My Heroes Are Broke, was named one of the best eight Latino books of 2017 by Rigoberto Gonzalez. His most recent book, A Sinking Ship is Still a Ship, is published in English and Spanish on Facing Pages and is about his ambivalent relationship to Florida, where he was raised. Francisco is currently studying to earn his MFA in literary translation here at Queens College. His work has appeared in The New Yorker, The New Yorker Podcast, The Rumpus, The New York City Ballet, and Performance Today. Ariel and I discuss his new book, Florida Life, his translation work, including translating his father's love poems. second episode of Unlacing Our Shoes, a podcast dedicated to humanizing athletes. to Unlacing Our Shoes, a podcast focused on humanizing athletes. I'm Olin Velasco. Today, I'm speaking with my father, Dennis Velasco, who is the Memphis City Director for Pro Skills Basketball, whose mission is to be basically a counterculture. So we're trying to change the culture of youth basketball. Which instantly made me think of Jimi Hendrix and the hippie movement in the 1960s with Hendrix's Voodoo Child. maybe even Nirvana and the nitty-gritty grunge era coming out of Seattle in the 1980s with Smells Like Teen Spirit. These countercultures born alongside music are some of the most iconic and influential time periods in American history. Not too shabby for that to be the first thing to come to mind when speaking to Dennis. However, we're talking about sports here, more specifically youth basketball. Coming from a background where Dennis was a writer that covered the NBA for ESPN, um, Sports Illustrated, the New York Times Company, Slam, and a whole bunch of other places. 
Dennis is more than knowledgeable about basketball. In addition to coaching youth and high school basketball across four states, Dennis is more than ready to take on the challenge of being a city director that PSB presents. But what even is PSB? Let's listen in on my discussion about youth basketball with Dennis. A lot of hats, but today I think it, we want to have a little conversation about the culture of coaching and basketball. But let, let's start with this. I mean, what is Pro Skills Basketball, right? PSB, as it's known, like what is PSB? I mean, we can read the description online and everything and get a gist of what, what you guys are about. But from a director himself, what is PSB really? Well, we're, we're trying to be. And what our mission is um, basically a counterculture. So we're trying to change the culture of youth basketball, which, you know, if you're part of it, you know, there's a lot of things that can be better. Um, I don't want to, you know, put anything down, but, you know, when an A-level talented team plays in a C-level division during a tournament, it doesn't make any sense. You know, it's just going to be a blowout. You have, you know, basically mercenary players playing for all types of teams. You know, sometimes I've seen three teams in one day. Uh, <laughs> it's a little crazy, but pro skills basketball, you know, we don't do any of that stuff and we're not trying to say we're better than anyone. We're just trying to change how we do things. So we don't focus on wins and losses. Our main focus is on player development, you know, play development, player development, play development. Win or lose, we're not sacrificing that uh, for for a trophy or a tournament win, you know. Um, and you know, we're just trying to make kids better, not only as players but also as people. And you know, how do we do that? You know, we face adversity and we overcome. You know, we we try to have fun in in what we're doing, and we're just teachers, you know, and mentors. And, and, you know, that's like our main point. And I, I think over here in Memphis, our parents appreciate what we do. We have a lot of PSB families that have come over from other organizations that are obviously more well-established since this is our first year. And they're just loving what we're doing. And I think a big part of that is my ability to find coaches. <laughs> that's the main thing. I need teachers. You know, I don't need someone that wants to win every single game, win every single tournament, uh, do it for clout because Pro Skills Basketball does also operate Team Curry. And I had one coach during an interview say, oh yeah, you know, I'll work my way up to coach a Team Curry team. And it, it, it doesn't work like that. You know, we, we, we're not worried about what's happening down the line. We, we want to be present now. What can you do for the kids in Memphis now? And if Team Curry happens, awesome. If it doesn't, you know, then you probably won't want to be with Pro Skills. So we just want coaches that'll be here for the kids uh, as part of our Pro Skills basketball Memphis families. Yeah, and that's something that I've definitely seen, obviously, growing up playing basketball, playing AAU basketball. The culture of it is kind of wonky. I, I remember when I was playing for an organization very briefly, I won't mention them by name, but Actually, I was a teammate with uh, Queens College rival Malloy's uh, Darren Fergus for a few weeks. Um, so I remember on that team, we had like a 20-year-old playing. <laughs> He's shaking his head, playing playing with us for a little bit. 
So yeah, the, the AU culture is definitely very weird. And I understand the part of it where it's like, like you said, you want the clout, right? You want the wins. That's the big part. But something in what you just said really piques my interest. You want teachers, not coaches. So tell me this then, what does a teacher look like on a basketball court? Well, a teacher, I think, first of all, the number one thing you should be is patient, you know, and I think if you're patient as a teacher and a coach, then your players will be patient as well, because a lot of times, especially young kids, if they can't do something off the rip that you show them, they get upset. <laughs> you know, they either get upset or, you know, they think they're worthless. Like I've seen it happen. And I always have to remind kids, hey, listen, you're supposed to mess up. I just showed you this. You know, you're not going to get it perfect. You might not get it perfect for a month, but now you have the mechanics. Now you just have to work on the mechanics and then the execution will come. You just need to be patient. So I think uh, so that our players are patient, that, uh, you know, a teacher, a coach, they have to be patient as well. Um, and another thing is obviously they have to know their stuff, right? But you being a college student, I'm sure you can relate to what I'm about to say is you can know everything in the freaking world. But if you don't know how to communicate it, it's worthless information. So I need a teacher and a coach that could also teach, you know, that's effective as a communicator that keeps, you know, our players, you know, our students engaged. You know, that's the most, you know, that's probably the most important thing. Yeah, I keep them engaged because if you're just for example, just doing the same thing over and over again. You're not showing anything different. You're not showing any counter moves. You, you know, you're not showing any giving or, or giving any context to the things you're teaching. You're going to lose players. So, you know, you have to be able to engage and make sure that, you know, players are paying attention to what you're saying, you know. So you have the knowledge, but you have to be able to communicate it. Um, I think that's basically the two main things that, you know, goes into being a good coach. You know, the great coaches, you know, they do a little more, you know, they, they'll also like inspire and motivate and whatnot. But, you know, for me as a director hiring a coach, I just want those two basic things and everything else I think will come organically. Um, Cause I know if you have those two things, you're going to be a, a, a very good coach. And then if anything, Cause like what I do as a director, I go to every team, I go to every player, I go to every family and you know, I like, I, I'm pretty good in talking and inspiring. So I'll do that for you if you can't do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And no, definitely that's something I've seen with you over the years, like not even just in basketball, just in life, obviously. And while you're, you're talking about what it takes to be a coach, it's funny. It is actually bringing me back to the Notre Dame, uh, Notre Dame days when, you know, you used to coach me and a few of my high school friends. And, you know, there was obviously a lot of adversity in that because we would, we, us two would honestly bump heads a lot. And how do you, it's kind of like, how do you handle not only bumping heads with one of the best players in team, but not the best player in team, <laughs> um, but, but also your son. But along those lines, like, what do you think really the difference is between coaching high school players and coaching youth basketball players like below sixth grade? What do you think the biggest difference is? Uh, probably reality uh, in terms of when you're young, you know, you're on the sixth grade, as you mentioned, you're more of a dreamer, right? And that's great. And, you know, me as a coach, I don't want to destroy that. 
Um, Cause like you're supposed to have dreams when you're young. Now, if you're a high school player and you ask me, Oh coach, what do you think about this? I'll tell you the brutal truth. Even if you suck, <laughs> you know, and I'm going to say, listen, man, you're horrible at reading defenses. You're horrible at boy handling. See, but now me bringing you down sort of like that, I'm going to bring you back up and say, this is how you're able to read defenses. Like, look at the front foot. Look at the hips. You know, your boy handling. This is what you need to do every day. You know, V-dribbles, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, so it's a little more real for the high school player, right? Because they have a limited number of years to get better if they want to play college basketball. Right. Whereas like, you know, a fifth grader, they still have time to learn and they should be learning at that age in high school. Well, here's the thing as a player, you should always be learning, but in high school, you should have a little more of a bag. You know what I mean? And if you're missing stuff, I'll I'll let you know. And you know, I'll not only tell you what it is and assess it. I'll tell you how, how you can get better or acquire things. Right. It's sort of like, um, at my tryouts for pro skills basketball here in Memphis, I yell to all the kids, listen, show us what you can do. I don't care what you can't do. If you're not a three-point shooter, don't shoot a three-pointer. Show me that you can hit a mid-range. Show me what you can do because that's going to let me know what we're working with. You know, I can't deal with, uh, if you're only showing me you're shooting threes and you're missing, that's going to have like a little bit of a negative impact in the way I think about you. It's like, oh, man. Not only is he missing, he thinks he can hit these and he's consistently missing, you know? So you just have to be, you know, real. That's the difference. Like you have to deal with reality as, you know, if you're an older player. Yeah, missing and three-pointers don't go in the same sentence with me a lot. Uh, so, take it easy. So when you say that, I mean, I don't know what you mean. This uh-huh. <laughs> but, but you talk about reality and the mind a lot. Besides just the obvious, you know, at the high school level, you should, as you said, have more of a bag at that point and understand how to read defenses better. But psychologically, what do you think the difference is between handling kids at such a young age and someone who's like 18 at that point? What's the big difference in mindset and coaching them? From a coach's point of view? Yes. Well... I mean, there's so many things to think about only because every player is going to be different, right? So you might have a really mature fifth grader. Like I actually have one here uh, in Memphis and a really immature, you know, senior. So it really depends on, on, on the player and you always want to deal with players as individuals. Like you don't really want to um, pigeonhole anyone. So one of the things that I like doing is getting to know players outside of basketball. Like, you know, what are your interests? Like, you know, do you like art? Do you like music? Um, you know, things like that. And I think you've seen over the years where, you know, I've built relationships with kids that was initially, you know, through basketball, but I'm interested in other things. Right. Um, so I, I think, you know, the approach, you know, the approach has to be different. You know, you can't just sort of say, oh, there's a, there's a fifth grader. I'm going to talk to him this way. Or this is a senior. I'm going to talk to him this way. It's like your approach would be get to know this this player, right? Like I said, in the tryouts, like show me what you can do. Like I have to know, you know, what they can do, like w- what they're about in order for me to 
sort of say anything. You know, I, I think it would be foolish to pass judgment so quickly on someone or, you know, judge a book by its cover, you know, if you want to you know, take any sort of saying. Um, yeah, no, I, th- I think the approach, you know, I think the approach is like really important and it should be based on knowing, like knowing the player. And is that one of the selling points for PSB? Uh, for me, it is, you know, um, every PSB city and, you know, like I said, we're in 23 cities. I know I can only control what I do. So for me, the biggest thing is not just building players or building teams is building a culture. Right. So I think if you have a great culture, everything will just take care of itself. Um, right now, we're building towards, you know, a, a really, really good culture. You know, we have a lot of the parents buying in to what we're doing. They're understanding, you know, when we get our butts kicked by, you know, the War Eagles or, you know, whatever AAU organization that's like, you know, tops here in Memphis. And, you know, they understand that we're about player development and they see it on the floor. You know, it's not like we're just like running around with our heads cut off. You know, we're actually trying to execute things. It just so happens the other team we're playing is better. And that's going to happen. I mean, we've definitely won some games. Um, and we even had our fourth grade boys in their first tournament make it to the championship. Right. Um, so, I mean, it, it, a lot of these things take time. A lot of these things take time and, you know, there's going to be growing pains and, you know, we're going through it, but I think eventually we're going to be like one of the top organizations here. Um, not because of our wins and losses, but because of the experience that we'll give our players. Yeah. And culture is so important, not even just in basketball, but just in general, like instantly you talk about culture and basketball. I start thinking of those hell spawn stairs at Nassau community that coach Brian from uh, Habits Basketball and down there at Nassau Community College made us run. And all those, those nights in the hotel and, you know, just always buying into what that culture is. Like to this day, that, that team at Habits Basketball, like I still talk to a good amount of them, but not even just that. It's just, we could be getting whooped by 80 points, but we're still, we're still going to fight hard and we're still going to compete no matter what the score is, up 20, down 20, whatever it was. And as an athlete, you know, especially formerly retired, very closely <laughs> retired, very recently retired, um, those, those memories are something that we hold fond. So let me ask you this then, because it's easier to create a culture in a high school sense. It's easier to create a culture in a college sense because like we talked about a bit, you're already developed in the brain as a human, right? You're already around people who know, okay, this is serious, right? I'm in college. This is how I'm going to college. This is how I'm affording college. In high school, uh, theoretically, I go to a top high school program on Long Island, Queens, whatever it is. And this is almost my job. But as a sixth grader, as a fifth grader, so on and so forth, you don't think like that. So how do you build a culture with kids that are so young? Be present. That's easy. You know, and it's not just with the um, players, it's with the families. So for the tour, two tournaments that we've had so far, I've probably logged in, sheesh, 16 hours each tournament. 
just watching games, talking to families, like forget about me coaching, right? It's just me um, being at the games so that players see, oh, hey, you know, that's the city director. You know, what is he doing here? Isn't he like high up? No, I'm available. You know, parents see me. Oh, hey, Coach D. Uh, I didn't expect to see you here. Why not? Why wouldn't I be here? You know, and then, you know, they tell me about what they see, you know, and we have some, you know, pretty high up people (laughs) in terms of the NBA even. You know, we have some NBA royalty families and, and whatnot, and they would know good basketball. And, you know, those families say, oh, hey, we love what you're doing. You know, we, we love, you know, your coaches. And, you know, that's the culture. We just keep talking. And every email that I sent to parents and even our coaches, I end it with, let's build. Right? Because that's what you want to do. Because the important part is building, obviously, because, you know, we want to get better. But I think the main thing is let's let us like I need you to help me, you know, the same way that you need me to help you or help your help your son or daughter. Right. It's it goes both ways, you know, Um, and I tell people even like during tryouts, you know, hopefully we're a good fit for you. Right. Because someone asked me, oh, you know, hopefully, you know, my son fits your organization. It's like, no, that's backwards. Hopefully we fit you. You know, that's the most important part. That's how you create an experience. Like, I don't give a damn about being the best organization here in the Memphis area. You know, I want to be the best experience for every single kid because if I take care of that, yeah, maybe we'll we'll be the best organization just organically. But that's not my why. My why is I do this because I want to, well, you know, aligned with PSB's mission, change the culture of youth basketball. But I just want to see kids succeed. And honestly, if they're not on PSB, I don't care. I'm going to support the kid that's not on PSB if I see them. And I know a lot of, you know, kids that are in other organizations, either through me coaching at St. George's or me just being around. And I support all those kids because I want every kid to, to succeed not just PSB kids. And I think that sort of permeates throughout just like, you know, the gym and the environment or whatever. And they're like, oh damn, PSB is pretty cool. So for me, you know, it's easy. Like I love doing this and I want to do this. And, you know, I I think that's going to be, I think that is the most important factor making that decision. Yeah, and that's something you just don't hear, honestly, in AAU a lot, especially in those teams that, like you said, people just hop and, you know, play for this team or I'm going to go play for this one. And I mean, I get it, right? I was just a player, you know, I coached a little bit, I trained a little bit, if you want to say. I know basketball, and besides just the physical part of it, like, you're going to tire yourself out. Um, A lot of it is just like, do you really have a home, right? Like, you can have coaches but do you have a home? So let me ask you this then. What do you wish that kids knew about coaches? That we're people too. And we definitely F up. Uh, sometimes uh, we fake it to make it. Like we don't know what we, or at, at least a player might perceive that we know. Um, and me personally, if I don't know something, I will definitely look for the answer. You know, I've trained kids where it's like, you know what? They're they're like beyond my level now. 
So I've given kids to like a coach, Drew Fundamentals, you know, I'll say, oh, hey, Drew, I got this, you know, this uh, boy or girl, you know, they're ready for you, right? Or you know, I'll say, oh, hey, Coach T, Tamar Adams, you know, like, you know, you should work with that guy because he he knows his stuff and like, you know, that's beyond me. So I have no ego, right? Um, it's like, I, I know what I know. I know I'm good at what I do, like a, my certain niche, but there are definitely people that are better than me. And, you know, just having that self-awareness is, um, you know, very important. So, I mean, you know, I don't know if that answers your question, but, you know, that's, uh, that's what I know. Yeah. And I think that applies to like, just people in general, like even professors, like that fits the college standpoint. It's like, this is something I said when I went to my alma mater, Grand Exile High School to speak to journalism class. I said, your teachers are people too. And you have to understand that. By the way, shout out to Tamar Adams, New York basketball legend, now Charlotte PSB legend. Yeah, yeah. Killing it. Yeah, and gotta love Coach T. Um, but I think we've talked about this a bit, specifically you. Coaching kids, you're not just coaching the kid. You're working with the families. So I'll ask you the same question again, but with their perspective. What do you wish families knew about coaches? Um, probably the same thing, you know, um, I don't know. I've seen a lot of, you know, trainers just do it for the money. You know, I'm very honest with people. It's like, yo, you know, your son or daughter, um, they need to work on more stuff and I'll work with them. But if, you know, if I'm not teaching them fundamentals or they're not getting better, don't waste your money on me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, Cause a lot of parents I think are blinded by, Oh, my son or daughter is going to be a professional player, you know, um, just because they're at that dream stage. There's so many years ahead for development and training, but you know, you know, here it is. Parents, Look at your children now. Don't look at them on what they can be. Look and see what they are now, you know, because they might not even like playing basketball, you know, or they might not like, you know, doing tennis or, you know, you're forcing them to do all this stuff and they already know what they're passionate about. Like dive into that. Spend your money on that. You know, not what you think they should be, you know, or even if a kid is really good at basketball, maybe they're just really good, but they have no passion for it. I, I saw this recently. I had this kid on, on my team and he it was first year back playing basketball. He made the all-star game. And I was like, Hey, do you even like playing basketball? Cause I knew he didn't. Uh, and he was like, nah, I just did it to be with my friends. Don't push that kid to play basketball. Like let him be with his friends. Cool. But he loved track and field. Like, dive into that. You know what I mean? Just because he has the ability doesn't mean he has the love and passion. And if you do this, you know, especially if you want to play at a higher level, you have to have the passion. So I would say to parents, like, be present. Know what your kids love, you know, and invest in that. So would you say then that 
love and passion is kind of in the middle of everything that you do? Uh, yes, definitely at the center of everything I do because I'm a lot older now. I don't have time to waste, you know, (laughs) and, and, um, to be with, you know, honest with you, uh, you know, obviously you were a part of this, but ever since, you know, um, your mom passed, my late wife passed, like, I understand a lot more. I can't waste time, you know, because time is promised to no one. So if you're going to do anything, do it because you love it and you're passionate about it. Um, Don't wait. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I I like this stuff, but, you know, I like other things. So I'm not going to, you know, do it. You might not have a chance to do it later. (laughs) You know, if you have a love and passion for something, do it now. You know, just start. You don't have to be perfect. You know, just do it. Shout out to Nike for that last one. You know, no copyright or nothing here. No copyright. Nike, give me my money, Nike. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dennis, uh, for joining us today. Do you have Dennis. any last <laughs> do you have any last thoughts on this topic? Um yeah, I, I would just say if you're gonna, you know, do anything, like you know, if you're gonna play basketball and I'm really talking more to like high school kids. If you want to play basketball at the college level, um, what are you doing now to get there? What's your plan? You know, do you have any benchmarks? You know, if you know a college player goes to the gym and lifts weights at least three times a week, ask yourself, are you doing that? If you know a college player is taking 500 good shots every day, ask yourself, are you doing that? You know? And if you want to go to and play in college, you better have the grades. Are you doing well in school? Ask yourself that, you know, because I think a lot of times kids just don't have a plan or benchmark um, because they don't know. And part of that also is parents don't know. Like, do you know that the higher your grades, the more schools can recruit you? Because athletic departments want you to get an academic scholarship first. So they don't have to spend their money, right? So if they know you're going to get a lot of academic um, scholarship money, they're going to recruit you because they don't have to give that much money of their own. So get good grades. That's important. Um, Just like educate yourself, you know, and have a plan. That's really important. For the younger kids, keep dreaming. But understand, you have to put in the work too. Maybe not you know, like when you'll be in high school, but you got to put in the work. But most importantly, have fun. If you're young, definitely have fun. If you're in high school, definitely have fun. Because if it's not fun, you're not going to want to do it. Listening to Unlacing Our Shoes, a podcast focused on humanizing athletes, produced by Holden Velasco. Thank you to Dennis Velasco for taking the time to share his story and views. Thank you, Jason Tugon and Edwin Hernandez for guidance in producing. Thank you to Ariana Aris and Carlos Montoya Jr. for guidance in brainstorming. 
Introductory music is These Dreams by Arlo Young. Outro music is Mover by Carvings. Supplementary tracks are Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix and Smells Like Teen Spirit by Nirvana. I'm Holman Velasco. Thank you for listening. been listening to QC Pod, the podcast about all things Queens College. We're on Twitter at QC Pod and on the web at queenspodcastlab.org slash QC Pod. Our theme music is Lake Monsters by John Flansburg of They Might Be Giants. I'm Jason Tuga. Thanks for listening. <laughs>